This is Chatting Human Design, the place to be to hear how real people use human design in their everyday life. I'm so excited to have you. Hey there, people. I'm back. Chatting Human Design with Rebecca. I've said that name a lot. You're my third Rebecca that I've met through human design, all projectors. It's very nice. Yeah. Anytime I hear that name, I'm like, Rebecca, this one's going to be good. So (laughs) this Rebecca is a 6'2 emotional projector. She's a Reiki master, a yoga instructor, and the creator of cultivating conscious community. I said it right. Yes. Welcome Rebecca, everybody. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on Janelle. You're welcome. I'm excited to talk to you. We got connected through Bree, my breathwork friend. And now we're talking about human design, which this is how I like the podcast to happen very organically like this. So um, why don't you explain what cultivating conscious community is? Because I can say it, but I don't really know what it is. (laughs) Sure. So it was birthed during the pandemic in November, 2020 when connection and community was something that I think we all really were striving for. Everyone was meeting and I found myself in a place post-breakup, post move into my first apartment by myself, really seeking that amongst the spiritual community after kind of deep diving into healing, learning what human design is, what energy work really is and getting my yoga teacher certification. It all kind of happened in 2020 for me and cultivating conscious community was a way for me to use these different modalities amongst friends, people in my network to all learn together. So once a month we would gather online over Zoom and have a healing from someone that I knew, uh, maybe an Instagram friend, maybe my own healer. We actually last year had a human design expert come in and do a reading for everyone. Um, But yeah, it's been going on for almost a year and a half now. We've had everything from human design to past life regression, Mm -hmm. to energy work, to uh, womb activation, healing. And uh, yeah, it just kind of depends what's going on as to what we get into. So that is cultivating conscious community. That is so awesome. And it's a great idea for projectors because it's easier for us to process and to work and move forward when we have other people to support us we just yes. like the support you know and if you're all are interested in ccc cultivate conscious community i'll have notes and stuff in the podcast notes and you can find it and join and it'll be super fun so thank you for letting me know all about that and now we're going to talk about something that that i think is a really great topic and you brought this up but it's wonderful um I'm a projector, Rebecca's a projector. Our significant others are generators, generator and manifesting generator uh, for Rebecca. But this relationship, the projector generator relationship is a hot topic in human design. It makes sense because those are the most, the two, the the most common types, the biggest chunk of people Mm -hmm. are either generators, manifesting generators or projectors. So our coming together and our relationships are quite interesting. And the way that we work isn't what we learned or what I learned growing up. I wasn't conditioned to 
to relate to people in this way that I'm going to talk about the projector generator dance. Um, And I think it's really a a good thing to look at because a lot of us are going to be in this relationship. Even if it's not romantic, you're going to be a projector or a generator with a friend or somebody that you work with that's going to be the other type Mm -hmm. and works the same way. Um, So I wanted to ask you before I talk about this um, and before I go on, I do consider them separate generators and manifested generators, but today when we talk, I might lump them together simply because I'm basically talking about the sacral motor and they have that in common. So again, I see them separately, but when they have, when we talk about sacral motor, that's the big commonality that they have. So I wanted to ask you, how does it feel? Like what, what do you notice in your relationship? Maybe when you first started learning about human design and you were like, oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I know that my root is defined Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm just realizing now that his is not, but something that I've known ever since we got together was that I help ground him. And, uh, I think when it comes to him having a sacral or sacral authority, being able to go with his gut a lot of the times I'll I'll try to like I I, I'll try to ask him yes or no questions because I think that's the right way to kind of interact right because then it gives them yes it is it's 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 better for them to have less choices than more the reason that the yes or no works is because it's it's two choices essentially so when it comes to generators as long as you narrow the choices down for them in some sort of way Mm-hmm. It's better than just saying, what do you want to eat? It's better to give okay. them a narrow down. Yes or no is, is the, is probably the best way. But if, if that's impossible, if there's more than two choices, <laughs> or if that doesn't seem to work, um, cause sometimes it doesn't work with my husband, I will just make sure I don't ask like something open-ended or I'll be like, Hey, this is what I feel like. What do you feel like? And then he's mm. like, Oh, well that sounds great. And then we're fine. <laughs> This is such a good reminder because I have asked him open-ended questions and he gets so overwhelmed and is like, don't, I want you to make the decision. Yeah. But for us that those are, that's what we want is like questions of really any sort. Projectors (laughs) are really good when people ask them questions. Me, anything. Yeah. So general, like general questions about what do you feel like doing today? we'll go on our head and go, oh, well, at this time, I would like to be doing this and afternoon, this and evening, this. And then if you ask a generator that they're like, there's so many options. And then their brain explodes because they're literally thinking of every possible thing that they could do in the day, regardless of, of if it makes sense or does not make any sense because they have so many options. Okay. So this is super helpful. Narrow down the options. Yes. Sure. No questions are good. And I like what you said about this is what I feel like doing. What do you feel like doing? Cause then at least they know where you're at. Cause a lot of the time that's the discussion that we wind up having is he says, well, I just want you to be happy or I want to know what you want to yeah. do when I just want to know what he wants to do. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, and especially when you're in a relationship with somebody for a while, you figure out where they don't really care that much. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, well, I know you don't care where we go for a walk usually. So I'm going to, I kind of want to go here today. So that's what I'm going to say. 
Um, and usually he, like I said, he agrees with me. And sometimes he'll be like, actually, I want this. And I think me saying I wanted this tells him that he doesn't want it because his body goes, oh, I don't want that thing, <laughs> but I'll take this thing. And then I'll be like, sure, you pick something. Yay. So um, yeah, for when it comes to like things like that, like question, like basically basic everyday things, what do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? All that kind of stuff. This is a great practice, especially for him to feel into the sacral because I mean, there isn't generally right or wrong answers about what you're going to eat or what movie you're going to watch or whatever. So to be able to, for you to ask him that and be like, what, like to say, Hey, do you feel like pizza today or a burger? Hey, don't think about it up here. What does your body say? What is your, what is your tummy telling you right now? What do you want? Mm -hmm. And make him answer you kind of quickly for like basic stuff. And then he'll know what this feels like when it's a yes. And when it's a no. Right. Yes is usually easy. No, sometimes a little bit harder for them. So his inner authority is also sacral. Is that? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yes or no. That's the same, like for all yes. manifesting generators and generators, do they all have the same inner authority? They don't. Sometimes some of them will have emotional authority. Like I asked you before he came on, does okay. he have emotional authority? Emotional authority is the strongest authority that there is. And when you have it, as well as the sacral motor, it's kind mm-hmm. of a dance between your emotional wave and what your gut says, your sacral says, but he is sacral authority. So he listens to yes or no. Like it's like a full body experience. What does your body say? Is it saying yes? Or is it saying no? Don't listen to this thing. Listen to this thing. Right. And it's going to take practice, Mm -hmm. especially if the, if the person is not particularly familiar with this kind of stuff, like listening to your body, like I wasn't for sure. Um, but for someone with a sacral authority, because my husband has it as well, these this authority is a little bit more black and white than some of the other authorities. It's respond to life. So don't, in general, it's better if you respond to things that come to you rather than forcing things to happen or trying to make stuff happen for you as a generator or manifesting generator with sacral authority. It's better to wait for things to come and go, yes, my body says yes, my body says no. Or my body says, I don't know. I'm here and here. Which one, Janelle? You said it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not one or the other and they have to come back and revisit. They just need to come back to it. Okay. So if, if there's ever like confusion, if he's ever like, oh, you said it's a yes or no, but it's not, it's here. Then it's like, okay, well, we'll come back to that. If time allows for you to come back. That's good to know. So from you learning human design and your husband being a generator, like what do you think has been the biggest learning for you? Like, has this been the biggest learning, like the, the questioning aspect and giving options or has it been something different? I would say when you first started talking and you said, sometimes he wants to do things and I just go with, I say, all right, you want to go do that thing. Like you give, you trust, you trust his decision-making sometimes, right. Over yours a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would say that's part of it. Um, to me, generators and manifesting generators because of their sacral, they have a little bit of comp- like this inner confidence in their choices and in what, where, where they want, what they want to do, where they're going to go, that it kind of rubs off on us a little bit. We're like, Oh, because for me, I'm a very, I question everything. And I'm always like, is this the right choice? I don't know. Like, I got to think about it. And I have to like scenarios and all this stuff. <laughs> and he's very much like, oh, well, this sounds like the best choice. So this is what we're going to do. 
And sometimes we will realize it was yeah. not the best choice and we'll figure that out after the fact. I'm laughing because this resonates <laughs> so deeply. We were literally talking about this last night. <laughs> Which is always fine. It's never like, oh shoot, after the fact we realize this. It never like is a bad, a horrible thing, but mm-hmm. it's I've noticed just his sense simple, like the simple confidence of, yeah, this I think this is the best choice. This is what we're gonna do. And I'm like, wait, I started thinking about this two days ago, like we're going to go camping or something. I'm like, and I looked at this and the weather and this and this, he's like, no, we're going to drive here. We're going to try this. And it just, it's something I would never do on my own, but with him, I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And like nothing terrible has ever happened. Even if it doesn't go the way we think it's going to go, it's fine. We're just like, okay, now we know next time. And when it comes to like big, big decisions and choices, I'm like, Hey, let's take some time with this. They just don't need as much time. We need more time. They need less time, especially you as an emotional authority. You need the most time. I need a lot of time. Yes. And that's fine. That's okay. You're waiting out your emotional wave. You're looking for some degree of clarity to help you make choices. Mm -hmm. He he just is going to have to be patient with you. You're (laughs) just going to need to communicate that with him because like I said, he's going to be ready to go. And you're going to be like, mm, I don't know. Huh. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be like, well, I'm ready. Let's go. And it seems very much like impatience on their part, but really they just have a confidence of like, no, like we're, we're cool. Let's go. And you'll, it will help you to make your decisions faster and to be more confident in your choices, but you still need to take time. You still need to take the time that you yeah, need. The emotional authority, I've definitely, because I know it's like you have to ride the high, get down to the low, and then make the decision when you're in the middle. And I've gone, like, I've made decisions on the high mm-hmm. and then very quickly feel the low. And I'm like, shoot. It's okay. I take, I take that back. <laughs> you're going to keep doing it. You're going to keep doing it. This is the practice. This is the yeah. art of it, is your whole life, you're going to be dealing with your emotional authority. And sometimes you're going to make decisions up here or down here and you're going to know it. You're going to be aware. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, I know that I'm doing this. I'm a mental projector with a crazy outer authority. And I am supposed to do a lot of steps and a lot of things before I make choices too. Sometimes I say, screw it. And I just go with what I feel like doing. And sometimes it's fine. And sometimes it's not. Oh, interesting. So your inner authority is mental. Yeah, technically it's an outer authority. I don't have an authority like you, an emotional inside voice, or like you, Zach, a sacral inside body voice. My authority relies on the other outside world, other people. I call it out tuition because (laughs) I can't rely on what I feel or think in here until Mm -hmm. I've experienced different environments. So putting myself in different environments outside. Right. Oh, and until I've talked out my decisions with other people, Mm-hmm. but not to get any sort of advice or anything to literally just to hear yourself. Yes. And to talk it out it. and in a uh-huh. different aura and to see how their aura reacts. It's all a bunch of jumps and hoops and steps. And sometimes I'm just like, eh, I'm not going to do that. And I don't do it mm-hmm. on purpose. And that's part of the experiment is saying, I'm not going to do this on purpose because I want to see what happens. Right. Your life's not going to, you're, you're not going to explode. Your life's not going to be over. <laughs> Like we've been, de- we've been living life before we knew about human design and we we're both okay. So this just makes it better. And the fact that you can do these things and go, screw it, I'm going to do it this way and see what happens and then come back to it. That's the best part. Having so, this awareness. Yeah. I feel like it gives you just so much validation. 
that's the best part is the awareness piece of, for me of human design. And when you asked about what has helped you with Sean, it would be the fact that I can rely on his confidence. And also I have so much more awareness towards his energy now and towards the way he deals with things and the way we work together we complete a, an emotional channel. So when we're together, we, we have a defined emotional center flavor. When you are with Zach, you flavor his emotional center. So your particular wave that you have, he will feel into it sometimes. It will affect him in certain ways. It, when you are together, physically together right. around each other. When you're apart, you get the break. Right. You get he gets to breathe because emotional energy can be because he's going to take it in and amplify it and make it heavier, higher, more extreme highs and lows than you do because he's not, it's not, it's not his wave. It's your wave. He doesn't understand it. So if there's times when he's like emotionally, like what the hell is going on? And you're like, it's okay. Like I was a little frustrated earlier. I was a little this, I was a little that he feels it a lot. Wow, like, that is what really helpful for you to just point that out. Yes, that has been a big thing. And then as a, as a generator, the next thing is, how do I fix this? What do I do? How do I fix it? Tell me exactly. how to fix. <laughs> does it too. And that's just their, that's their energy. That's what they want to do. As generators, they have the physical energy to take away our stuff. That makes us as projectors exhausted, emotionally exhausted. They want to take it away. And mm-hmm. so when they feel your emotional energy, they go, how do I help? What do I do? How do I fix this thing? And it's just a practice of it's cool. You don't need to fix anything. (laughs) I'm not as freaked out as it feels like in your body, but I was, but I'm good now (laughs) because I'm as for me as anyway, in my personal life, when I, if I get emotional about something or if something hits me and I start to get worried, like my root really messes with me when it comes to, I don't have enough time and my head really messes with me when it comes to, I don't have enough answers and it spirals me and I have like anxiety mm-hmm. and I know that it's happening. And if I'm around him, he gets like super anxious and he's like, he doesn't know what's happening. And I'm like, I'm just, he's like, and it, now he kind of knows he's like, you're giving it to me. You're giving it to me. And I'm like, yes, I will walk over here <laughs> and then I will come back and you will oh be gosh. fine. So it really literally can be sometimes we are too physically close to each other. We need to separate mm. for a minute or two and then come back. Yeah, we, we've had conversations like that because we moved in together and we, we both work from home. Oh, this is a good one. So you're together all the time. We're together all the time. So we actively have to coordinate, you know, who's going to be out of the house. What are we like? How are we creating that space? Because now we know uh, being around each other too often. And you're both single definitions. So that means that you're really independent with your energy and you don't really need other people as much to make decisions. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah. Single definition means that you don't have any breaks in your chart. So all of your channels connect to the next gate or to the next center and then to the next center into the next center. You don't have breaks. Got it. For instance, if Zach had your two centers to find the root and the emotional mm-hmm. center, but he had nothing to connect those to the sacral center or anywhere up at the top, that would be split definition because he would have split, split centers. Got it. So you're both single definition, which means in general, you're more independent with your choices and your thought processes. You don't need as much help 
Mm-hmm. And you're also more independent with your time. Like you, you don't need as much help from another person. You don't want as much help. So usually two people with single definition, my husband is also single definition, need alone time just because we don't need, feel like we need the other person as much. And it can be to the point where it's like, okay, this is a lot of us being together. So I'm going to go for a walk with myself where he goes to the mm-hmm. coffee shop and works. Mm-hmm. Um, or we were making a joke this weekend about how I have like friend dates with two different friends and he has a friend date with one of his friends. And he's like, wow, we're being really social. This weekend. I was like, I know, but it's separate. Like how social, cool. but not together. Yeah. And then like, I have extra days off because of the holiday. So I'm like, all right, so we're going to do this stuff together. And we like plan together time and then mm-hmm. plan separate time. And it feels better. It's because, such a balance. Yeah. Because he can take it per, a little personally. I don't take it as personally. I think I'm very good at being alone and I don't mm-hmm. like it at all. That's similar with us too. I don't take it personally. And I think he does a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're more social than we are. Yeah. They're the sacral motor gives them a little bit more of a, oh, I can, I have the energy to be around people a little bit more than you do. So that's another thing is when you're out and about, I have realized this. If we have like a long day of errands and then maybe go visiting his sister, like a long day where we're not going to go back to the apartment. I try to figure out how we can go back to the apartment. <laughs> I'm like, so we'll do these three things and we're right there. Then can we go home and take like a break for like 15 or 20 minutes? And he at first was like, no, because if he sits down, he's done. He's done. He's like, I'm, that's the end of it. And that's how I used to live too. I would be, do it as much as I can in a big chunk of time. And then when I sat down on the couch, my day was done. But I realized as a projector, I need multiple times of sitting on the couch during yes. the day. Yes. And that doesn't mean my day is done. I can get up and continue. <laughs> I didn't think I could. I thought if I sat on the couch, I'd be mm-hmm. forever just like this. But oh, I, can, I can take like a half hour break. <laughs> I'll say, can I put on a Caribbean life? Because it's this show that's like 22 minutes long. And um, he's like, yeah. And then we'll, we'll watch it. We'll eat. We'll like, okay, what's the next thing we're going to go do? Okay, ready to go. And he's gotten more used to it. And he's very accepting of it now. Like I break up our days. I need to go home and take, and I tell him that I, th- I need to take a break. I need to take a break. And he's like, okay. Yes. I love that. I, I definitely like make my day have a lot of spaciousness. Yeah. They don't need it as much. So it, it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't, they don't, it doesn't compute. And that's not, it's just not how they work. So fortunately my amazing husband is very supportive with this stuff, even though he doesn't understand it. And he's very supportive when I'm like, okay, I need to try this, or I'm going to experiment with this. He's like, all right. Okay. But yeah. it's, it's well, cool. Can you ask? That's so beautiful. Yeah. It's very cool. I mean, sometimes when I talk about actual human design stuff and I see his face glaze over, I'm like, Oh, you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll bring it. I'll reel it back. Like the other day, I don't know, some, some, one of his friends brought him something really cool that he really liked. And I'm like, yeah, you're a two, four, your friends are going to bring you the coolest things. And he was like, he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, okay. I'm like, well, I've said this to him multiple, cause it's happened a bunch of times. I've mm-hmm. said, see, this is your fourth line. Your relationships with people bring you your best opportunities. And he's like, okay. <laughs> cool. Oh, okay. So, so let's look at that. Cause profile I'm so interested. Zach's a four. How, so he's a, he's a four, six and I'm a six, two. Mm-hmm. What is the difference of the placement of the number? The first number is going to, is, is called, is more conscious. You feel it more. You're more aware of that part of your personality and mm-hmm. it's more apparent to you. 
Like for you, you're a six. So the role model energy for you is a, is a stronger energy and should be more, a little more, more apparent that you're here to be a role model by living your own uniqueness and being yourself and walking your own path and not trying to help, not saying, how can I, how can I fix you? Not leading the group. I'm a three, six. So I get the six. We lead from the side. Mm. We're like, we encourage, we give, when they ask, we share, but we don't say, okay, this is how you do it. We say, Hey, this is how I did it. Go ahead and see, try and Maybe that'll work for you, but it's mm-hmm. a very hands-off role model situation. And you, it's very unconscious for you when you have it in the front means that you don't have to do anything. People it's are just, just like gonna, innately part people of are going to come to you and say, how is this? What have you done? What have you changed? What is different? What this, how, how are you doing life like this? How? And they okay. want to know, and you can tell them, but you can't give them a 10 step plan and be like, okay, follow this for two weeks and then it will work for you. I will check in on you. We will talk like we don't need, you don't need to be that connected mm-hmm. to, to really be the role model and change people's lives. And you're not, you don't have the energy to as well. So it's just living my life how I need to. And that's basically it. Yes. Except there are three phases. <laughs> okay. As a sixth line. The first phase is called trial and error. It's like the third line, which I am a three, six. So I am ultimate trial and error lifestyle, basically between the ages of born and 30 Okay. and the the age part, I don't hold on to as hard. It's very, it can be very different for other people, but this is how it is put in the books from I turned 30 yesterday. So this is great timing. (laughs) You're here to blows from that time, zero to 30. I know I saw it was your birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank from you. zero to 30, you're here to just blow stuff up and run into walls and make big messes and mess right. things up and try things. You don't really know any, how anything works until you try. You can't really listen to other people's opinions until you put your foot in. Yep. You can't make a choice until you start the choice. Mm-hmm. So you can't go, oh, I'm going to try this thing until your foot's already in it. And yep. that's can be hard and messy. So that's zero to 30, basically. Then from 32... 50, I think, or 60. I don't remember. I hope it's not 60. That's far. Okay. Um, this is called being on the roof. And this time period of your life is where you retreat and do into yourself and do more inner stuff. You're quieter. Mm-hmm. You don't go out as much. You don't socialize as much. You're watching, you're observing from the roof, how other people are living their lives. And you're taking the things that you're like, oh, this would be interesting. I'm going to try this. Oh, I think that would work for me. Oh no, this sucks. Go out there. (laughs) And you're cultivating your uniqueness at this time. This is when you're like, I don't care what everybody else is doing. This is how Mm -hmm. I like to spend my time. So I'm going to lean more this way. This is the time when people are like, hey, what are you doing up there? You're changing stuff. How are you doing it? And you're just sitting there on your roof. Like, I'm cool. I got it. And this goes on for a while. So technically the way the books say, I don't think it takes this long, but when you get fifties, that's when you become the ultimate role model. You come Mm -hmm. off the roof and you're like a shaman. You're just wandering around in the world and people are noticing you and your uniqueness and the way you live your life. And they're like, Oh, this is cool. And they just are attracted to you Mm -hmm. and they follow you, but you don't really give them anything to follow. You just do. And they observe you. This helped me so much to learn because when I learned I was a six line, I was like, I don't want this responsibility. I don't want to be a role model for people. I don't want them to look at me. 
go away. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want that. And then my mentor was like, no, you don't understand. Like you don't do anything. You just are yourself and you live the life you want to live. And other people are like, whoa, you're different. So just be different. And that's all. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, so I can do life the way I want and mess it up and do weird stuff. And he was like, well, yeah, you're a third line. So you're going to mess a bunch of stuff up. And that's the part of it for me as my profile three, six, that's the gold for me is to mess things up and to let other people see, Cool. which feels horrendous, especially yeah. when you start. It doesn't feel as bad now, but when I first started, I was like, no, I don't want anyone to see me mess up. I'm perfect. No. And he mm-hmm. goes, yeah, that's the shadow of the third line is perfection. You don't want anyone to see it. <sighs> so for Zach, the fourth line is about relationships. And okay. usually people with this energy are really good at relationships, all kinds. That's similar they, to your husband too, Sean. He's a two, four. Yes. Two, four. Okay. So he has part of you and part of Zach. The four means that um, relationships are usually very important to these people. They are very respectful of others in a relationship because mm-hmm. it's important to them. If they are dissed in a relationship, if they are, something happens and they feel um, like they have been, I can't think of the correct word, but if someone has messed with their relationship, broken the rules of their relationship somehow, Betrayed. yes, fours have a very hard time um, forgiving. And saying, mm-hmm. okay, you get another chance. They, if a st- depending on the severity of the betray- betrayal, they might not yeah. be able to go back. Okay. Because they can't. They're, and then is too- that the same thing with like what you were saying? Like a lot of opportunities come through relationships for four? all of their opportunities come from relationships to other people. Wow. They're whoever who they are acquainted with, down to who they are really good friends with, because fours. Wow how you're selective about who they let into the inner circle. Their inner circle is tight. Like their friends are their friends. And then they have others. They have like acquaintances and then they have people they barely see. They have levels of people. Mm -hmm. And these people just drop things into their lives. Like, oh, hey, have you tried this? This might be cool. Or for fours, it's best to let them know that they're looking for certain things like, oh, hey, I'm thinking about moving or ah, I think I'm going to quit my job and I'm looking for another job or I need a recommendation on this restaurant or something mm-hmm. to put it out there and then wait for the, their people to be like, oh, well, I think this or if you moved here, it'd be great. Or my friend has a job opportunity here. And that's how the majority of things that, are, that will move them forward in their path and be significant are going to come to them is from other people. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then for me having a six first and then him having a six second, the second number, the first number is really what's going on. It just feels stronger and more apparent. So he might really, the six, like for me, when I was like, I'm a role, your role model, I was like, no, that's not right. Like I am not, he might have a similar, like, I'm sure that doesn't sound right. (laughs) But it's more of an unconscious thing. Same thing for you to have the two in the second part. The two is called two things called the hermit or the natural. Usually Um, twos need a lot of alone time for their process, but their process is magic. They're usually second lines are naturally good at things, not all things, but certain things just come to them more quickly, more easily. And they don't even notice. They're like, oh, wow. And other people are going, how did you learn this so fast? Or how did you pick this up so quickly? Or what did you do? Nothing. You didn't do anything. You're just a natural at certain things. They're just going to come quickly to you. Um, to, whenever I talk about the second line, I picture 
the popular kid in high school, the really popular one that was friends with all the different groups and really didn't know that everybody liked them. They're just like, mm-hmm. they didn't care. That's the second line. You don't care that everybody is like, how are you doing this? Like you are a magic. And it's really fun with the sixth line because it's like, you've got this cool role model energy that mm-hmm. eventually is going to come naturally to you. And it's like, <gasps> it's very fun so (laughs) the second line but I like I said you need alone time and and the second line is extra not personal with their alone time they're really just like hey this is for me has all you do with you so there's multiple parts of your chart that are like alone time um and there's multiple parts of his chart that are like not alone time (laughs) so it's kind of funny how that goes but the two for you might feel a little bit like okay, I guess maybe, maybe I'm good at stuff. I don't know. But I bet you now that you know that there's going to be something that you're doing and it can be like stuff that you don't think matters, like things that are not a big deal. Like maybe you read really fast or maybe like something else happens and you're, you're really good at certain things and other people are not. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had, I'm trying to think of like what has been what it evolved, like what not it even happened yet. In. But yeah, it's not, I've gotten that before. Um, I think the last time that that, I guess, recognition has come up is like community events, like putting together gatherings or parties or events and, you know, cultivating conscious community is similar to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is like online. So yeah, I think it does. That's and it's probably like, oh, not that difficult for you. No. To do. See, if someone asked me to put together a co- like an, oh God, I'm just not even sense. thinking about I, it. I can't even explain beautiful how it happens. It just does. <laughs> yep. That's the two saying, Hey, you're naturally good at these things. So remember that lean on the fact that you're naturally good at gathering people together, putting them together that mm-hmm. can work for you in a myriad of different ways. And the cool thing about this kind of stuff is automatically my mind goes to, Oh, well, how can I use that to make money? But that's not really the goal for, for human design stuff. It's really right. how can I use that to be the highest version of myself in this? Yeah, society. just like your most authentic self, right? Yeah. And, like and then the other stuff Non-apologetic. Comes. And yeah. then the other stuff comes. Especially because Zach has 214. Do you have 214? See, this is why I shouldn't have taken your charts because now I'm just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> So Zach has 214. It's one of the two money channels in the chart. This... Where are you seeing this? <laughs> Where is this? The yellow diamond to the red, the sacral, the red uh, square, the number two gate to the number 14 gate. This is one of the two money channels in the chart. Got and it. it just means that resources in the books, it says resources, but a lot of times we say money mm-hmm. will come to him more easily than, than most people. And He's naturally better at managing resources, being mm-hmm. the overseer of the resources, just because he has this energy. Yeah, so, I've already seen that in him. <laughs> this is exciting for you, though, because you get a little bit, you get a taste, you get like, a, ooh, this is nice. Um, and when it's in the transits, I've noticed that weird money stuff happens to me. Like I'll get better tips than I thought I was at the restaurant or someone will buy a chart out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, I sold a chart, neat. Um, and when the two, when the 14 is in the transits, cause I have gate two. So transits are a whole other thing. See, this is, I knew this would happen if I looked at your charts. Okay. So 
Do you have any questions about what we talked about so far? Otherwise, I want to talk about the projector generator dance a little bit because it's a real thing. No, I don't. I'm excited <laughs> to hear this dance. It's like a it's like a meme and everything. Like, well, yeah, I guess it's a meme. It's online anyway. <laughs> so y'all just it is, it is. I will. I have it saved in my phone. I'll send it to you. It's called the projector generator dance. And basically, what it describes is the many different ways projectors and generators try to connect with each other and how to do this without the projector being bitter or the generator being frustrated because those are the two signposts that we need to try something different for projectors it's bitterness for generators and manifesting generators it's frustration mm -hmm. so oftentimes the projector would like to give the advice to the generator <laughs> and oftentimes we do this with no uh, no one says, Hey, can I get your advice? No invitation. We're just like, Hey, here you go. And usually when this happens, the generator is like, what? I wasn't ready for that. Or like, what are we talking? That's that we talked about that yesterday. Where, where did you, where did that come from? And it's very frustrating to them because you just throw mm -hmm. them out of whatever they were in into something else. And it often comes without any warning. And I do this to my husband often still, even though I've been four years in my experiment, I'd be like, oh, hey, and I'll bring up something from a week ago, like as advice for him. And he's like, what? What are you even talking about? And we could be in the middle of a different conversation. And I can understand how that's frustrating that I like pull him out of what we were talking about and put him into where I want to be. This is what I want to talk about, how I want to give you advice. So now we're here. Mm -hmm. He didn't ask for it. Mm -hmm. Not good. Um, and I've noticed this, this has really helped me when I, cause I like to interrupt. <laughs> I get excited and I will just interrupt and it's rude. Damn. And I don't realize how rude it is. I'm like, no, I'm just so excited about this conversation. It's yeah. so great. <laughs> Not nice. And so he's pointed that out to me and it frustrates him very much. And I've been working on it, but sometimes I'm like, oh, and I'm like, I want to talk. Um, and he knows he's like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> and then oftentimes it, he doesn't like it because I throw him off of his train of thought and then he can't get himself back there. And he's like, well, what were we just talking about? And he gets so annoyed with me. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I totally interrupted you like a jerk. So that's a big thing I'm working on. And that's basically us advising the generators with no invitation frustrates mm -hmm. them. And it makes us like, what did I do wrong? I'm just trying to be nice. And that's the bitter. That's the bitter capital B is I was just trying to be mm -hmm. nice. Like what's up your butt. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, well, it's you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how it works when the projector just willy nilly advises the generator with no invitation yes, whatsoever. Guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> but there are also times when we wait for the invitation and it happens and we give the advice and they were not ready for it still. They just said yes to appease us. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I have something to tell you. Do you, can, you want, do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear it? Who the hell are you? And they're like, I guess, sure, go for it. And then, and then, so this is the time when you have to energetically feel, put your feelers out and go, I know they said they wanted to hear this thing, but they doesn't say that on their face, doesn't right. say that in their body language. We're in, sitting in the middle of traffic. I don't think he wants to hear this. Like, I'm going to wait. And then you wait. <laughs> Another scenario, and this is better still. This is better still. We wait for the invitation. 
they're ready to hear it. Their sacral says, yes, I want to hear it. That's what they're waiting for. Before the last scenario we talked about, they didn't listen to the sacral. Mm -hmm. They just said, sure, whatever, say what you want. They listen to their sacral and their sacral is like, yes, I want to hear what you have to say. And we say, okay. And we give it all to them. Capital A-L-L, all of it, avalanche of knowledge. Mm, Too much, too much. We tried our best, but it was a little too much. (laughs) So they heard some of it, but then they turned off at some point. Right. We lost them. Mm -hmm. So they leave this a little bit frustrated. We live this a little bit bitter. This is the way. This is the scenario. All right. I'm excited. (laughs) You wait for the invitation. You get a yes. I want to hear this. And you know that they're excited and it's their Mm -hmm. sacral talking and they're facing you and their body is leaning towards you. I want to hear this thing. And you go, okay, well, um, it's a lot. So I'm just going to going to give it to you in pieces so that you can think about it and process it. Cause it's a lot of information and I don't want to overload you because it's very easy to do. And you give them a little bit and you let them have it. And then you wait until they go, mm-hmm. okay, I want what else, but there's more, what else? And then you give them more and this can happen quickly. They can take in the information and go, okay, I want more, give me more. Or it can take days or weeks. And then they come back and say, Hey, remember that thing we were talking about? I want to talk about some more, or I want more information. And then we give them more. We have to be patient. We know a lot. We see a lot. We have a lot to say. Yep. And (laughs) you, Zach has a defined throat. You have an undefined throat. His defined throat gives you a lot to say in inconsistent bursts of randomness. (laughs) Um, But it basically just means, hey, not only do we need to wait for the invitation, I don't know what I did, but I'm sharing something with you. Um, not only do we need to wait for the invitation, but we need to dealt, like really think about how much we're sharing at one time. What are we talking about? Is this something really personal? Like, is this really gonna, are we really pulling out these person's vulnerabilities to show them? Mm-hmm. you can't do a lot of that all at one time it's all it's right. exhausting for the other person and it's it's like emotionally draining and for us it feels like we are doing a good thing and we're also relieving ourselves of the pressure of knowing all this stuff and giving it to you so now you have it all but really we need to manage how much we give them at yeah. and and this is for like big things like serious conversations like if they're asking you for advice on their life so you don't have to do this yeah you don't have to do this when you're like trying to decide what to eat or like like basic stuff you don't have this dances big conversations yeah 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 or if you noticed that you wanted to talk about something and you brought it up and it was like overwhelming very quickly to the person Mm -hmm. it's like okay maybe we need to take this in steps and chunks we'll go slower that's super helpful. I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> it's interesting because as generators, they're meant to go fast. They're meant to do things and go quickly. But when it comes to their relationship with projectors and how much we see and how little they see, they have to go slowly because it's like, this is a lot. This is too much. I have to think about this with my sacral. Yes or no. What do I, where am I going here? So we have to give them a little bit at a time and that will make them really happy. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, you like saved me. I was blind and now I can see. 
that's what I hear in my head when I tell a generator something and I know that they heard it and I see it on their face and I'm like, yeah, they see it now. They see, they see. I've done this a few times to people at the restaurant I work at and I've caused them to go down in hours, get different jobs, like have different avenues in their life. Because I was like, Hey, is this like really what you want to spend the majority of your life doing? Is this it? And I'll ask them questions and they'll be like, you can tell they don't want to think about it, but then they think about it. Mm -hmm. And then the next week they come in, they're like, Janelle, I cut my hours. I'm doing this now. And I'm like, yes, get out of here. (laughs) And I'm sure that makes your three lines super happy. Right. Cause threes are like, what'd you say? The sideline cheerleaders, like you help that's more of the six. The third oh, line is mess everything up all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> makes your experience. six line super happy. Yes, because it's role modeling without role modeling. Yes, because right. all I did was say, hey, you're spending a lot of time doing this. Maybe you should think about this. And I didn't do anything. I right. just poked the bear and walked away. <laughs> and so that's kind of how this projector generator dance works. And I'll send it to you because, yeah, it's like a little meme oh, that's I can't wait to there see forever um and it, like I said it can work in a lot of different scenarios but even if you can't go through the perfect scenario of giving things out in chunks at least you know maybe I should wait till they want to hear it maybe even if they say yes maybe I should observe and make and see is are they do they really right. want to hear it or are they just trying to do that so that I will talk and leave them alone <laughs> Or maybe they're just curious because a lot of times, I mean, when you ask, hey, I got, I want something, I got something to tell you, you want to hear it? Most people are like, well, yes, if it's about me, I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so sometimes we might have to go, um, well, it's about that thing that you said the other day where you're talking about how you really wanted to start, you know, a diet or start saving money or start this thing. And I know that that's important to you. So is it okay if I talk about that? Because then you're saying, hey, these are the the vulnerabilities I'm going to pull out of you right now. It's going to be uncomfortable. Is that cool? (laughs) You can even say it like that if you want. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's, that's that's how we can better serve each other is to realize for me, the, the thing, the best thing I've realized is this is the one time where they don't want to go. They shouldn't go fast. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't charge ahead. Mm-hmm. They should they should take it in little pieces because we have a lot to see and we have a lot to show them. And that's our gift. Like they can't Definitely. see. Generators and manifesting generators cannot see as well as we do. They need right. us. We need right. them. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. We need each other. So that was one of the main reasons when you brought this up. I was like, oh my God, we have to talk about this is because we need each other. We need our the relationships between the projector and the generator for both type, types to thrive, for both of us to be our best. The manifest and generator loves to have you as a cheerleader saying, hey, go try this thing. Oh, go do this. Oh, back up, try this. Like the fact that you are aware of those things. Oh, he's a Sphinx cross too. Holy crap, I'm a Sphinx cross. It's a pretty rare cross to have actually. I know so. nothing of the crosses. The right angle cross of the Sphinx is another energy of leading without leading. So you have it, he has it, I have it. It's just all in different forms. The incarnation crosses are a deep layer. I'll say that right now. But I think mine is the left angle. Yeah, you have a left angle, which is interesting. Left angles are rare. Left angle means you're here to, right angle crosses are personal crosses where we're here to do 
what we want. And it's a personal individual thing. Left okay. angle crosses are here to fix something from a past life, like past karma, past stuff. You're here, you're here to fix something that happened before. Oh, interesting. And then what is that know. of demands? I don't know what your cross is. There's like 164 crosses. I'll look it up and I'll wow, send it to you. Yeah, that. there's a lot. I'll send it to you, but particularly cool. left angle crosses are here to fix karmic things and right angle crosses oh, okay. are here to live in the moment and be very almost selfish and independent with the energy of the, their particular cross as they move forward. Your cross is going to entangle you with other people. You have mm-hmm. rely on other people for parts of this cross because you're here to fix something that has happened karmically in a past life. Okay. This is really one of the only times wow. that I've ever seen in human design texts that they talk about past lives is this is left angle cross. It's weird. When I first read it, I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> but it kind of is what it talks about is you're here to fix something that has happened already. Is there a difference of like, okay, left angle versus right angle and then how they relate to one another in terms of the incarnation cross? Mm, I would say as a right angle cross, you just need to realize that it's more about you and your own personal journey. Mm-hmm. And the left angle cross is, is sometimes it's going to be about the other, the other's journey, the people that you're connected to. You might be here to fix like this karmic stuff is, is you're not going to know where it comes from or who it's, who it has to do with, but you're here to fix something. And it usually has to do with another person who is also here from a past life to do things. So usually people with left angle crosses tend to meet, sometimes they'll meet people and they'll be like, do we know each other? Like, I feel like I, I, like, I know you, like, I really know you, you probably knew them Mm -hmm. before. Hmm. Yay. I love this stuff. Cause it's totally like, I don't get it at all. I'm like, what, this is where I get like, I don't even know how to talk about it, but I'll, I'll say what I've read and I'm like, okay, that's it. You take with it what you think. Beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's great. Like we're all here to do different things and I'll yeah. send you a, a blurb on his Sphinx cross and I'll send you a blurb on your demands cross. Cause I have Thank it. You. I have books about it, but I don't have them all memorized. Cause there's quite a bit. Yeah. 164. Wow. I think it's 164. It's over hundred. I know that. That's crazy. It's a lot. Maybe it's 134, but it's over hundred and not a, not too many to keep in my brain. Um, so I knew this was going to happen. When I looked at your charts, I'd be like, Oh my God, this, 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 that. Um, but I love that we talked about the projector and the generator stuff because it's really important. And the biggest thing I think I want people to take away is awareness of the other and compassion where you feel like not having it, where you are, where you're frustrated with the other person or they're taking too long, you're impatient, or they, they went, they chose something you weren't going to choose. And why did you do that? And controlling and all these things instead it's best to just look at whatever happened, whatever choice they made, whatever decision and go, okay, that's your choice. Let's see what happens. And for me, a lot of times I catch myself really trying to control his choices and like, oh, are you sure that's the right? Maybe you want to go over here. And he gets really frustrated immediately, immediately. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I've learned that I just have to talk less. <laughs> Cause I just tend <laughs> to talk a lot. And I think that I think I'm making things better and that I'm helping, but it's 
sometimes I just need to let them say something and I literally just need to go, okay. Mm-hmm. And I have all the stuff going on in here that I want to say. And I'm like, oh my God, but if you did this or if you did this and I just have to let his stuff play out for him. Yeah. I yeah, can't I jump that. in. Very and deeply. We want to, because we see and that we're guides. Like that's the oh. energy behind us. Yeah. So clearly. So unconsciously we're like, I want to guide. I want to help because I'm helping. It comes from a loving place of, I love you. And if I did this for you, I feel like your life would be better. So let me just do this for you. Mm -hmm. No, we have to let them sit back unless they ask us. And then we have to give them bits and pieces of information to make sure we don't (laughs) overwhelm them because they're not here for that. They're here to work doing what they love. They're not here to listen to projectors, tell them what to do all day. Right. right. <laughs> so I love generators and manifesting generators. Their energy is like, makes me all excited and happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy that you have that around you as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It definitely is, is helpful. I think, do you feel the same? I feel like I can definitely get in my I would say what, like my projectorness, like I want to think about things and take my time. And then having that manifesting generator energy around helps me not overthink, not overthink, make decisions faster. And yeah, just be like, I think a little bit more active than I would be on my own. Yes. That's what they're there for. Their little sacral motor goes, you have some energy now. Here you go. The thing is it can be very addictive we can get really addicted to their energy because it moves us forward and we don't realize that we're burning out as they're hitting their stride basically. So that's just the thing we have to be aware of that we need to take breaks from it. And then it feels, it feels nice. So we don't necessarily think that it's doing anything energetically bad to us because Mm -hmm. it feels good until they're not there. And then it does not feel good. Um, So as long as we're aware, and like I said, we take breaks, yeah. We've talked about this, the whole break thing is a big deal. Um, and we're, we just, we need to be open with our communication, but not so chatty. <laughs> That's how I feel when I'm around <laughs> him. It's like, I need to be open with my communication lines, but I don't need to fill them with words all of the time. Mm-hmm. I need to like, makes sense. and this is interesting to me because my husband has an undefined throat and I have a defined throat. Zach has a defined throat. You have an undefined throat and his and I's biggest thing that we work on is communication ours too because it's we sometimes one of us wants to talk too much and sometimes one of us is not ready for that talk sometimes oh if you're not ready you're avoiding why are you avoiding oh I'm not avoiding I just need time like Mm -hmm. the whole communication thing and I really think a lot of it has to do with the fact that one of us is defined in the throat and the other is not and that's yeah it throws it out of like a loop because we're a lot of times the undefined throat is not sure when they should speak or if they should speak at all. And the defined throat is like, well, I'm talking all the time. So you can be quiet or you can talk, whatever. I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> um, and sometimes the undefined throat takes some of that energy and they will not be quiet because they have the throat energy. You're giving them throat confidence is what I call it. Throat confidence. Um, and it makes you want to talk. Um, wow. so if some, just recognize this, if sometimes you're together and you like, really you're like, why am I like, I'm so freaking chatty right now. What's happening. It might just be him. Right. <laughs> he oh has all to do with so you. Funny. 
I know this stuff is so exciting. Um, thank you so much for talking about this with me because I haven't discussed this on the podcast and it's a really, it's a really good topic. And like, when you brought it up, I was like, why haven't I talked about this yet? It's a really good one. So you have such good insights and I feel like it's going to be really helpful when he's ready for me to pass on this information. <laughs> in bits Obviously, and well, this is the best <laughs> example of that because yeah, you can't give human design to one person all in one go. No, no, they no. All their head will explode. <laughs> Generator, projector, reflector, whatever type you are, it would be uh, insane. I know. But this is a perfect example of this. Yes, like mm-hmm. if he's curious, hey, what did you guys talk about? And you can say some stuff, but if he doesn't, ask you any more about it then you don't need to give him any more right I'll be like well what about this thing because sometimes <laughs> he'll do that to me he'll be like so wait what does this mean and I'll be like ha, I got you and then I'll tell him some stuff but in general he's not that Love interested it. and that's yeah. fine like I'm like it's okay I I'm aware of of some stuff and I'll just let you kind of crash around into things and I never give him advice on his design like based on his design Right. It's usually something will happen and I'll be like, oh, that's your fourth line or, oh, well, you're a generator. So yeah, you love doing this thing. Obviously you didn't get tired. Like it's mm-hmm. after the fact. I'll be like, that thing, that's this, this, that's over there. And then usually works that's better because it's like, I have the proof. I'm like right. this is the proof that I know what I'm talking about. That totally makes sense. Oh my gosh. So yeah, try Ooh, that. So helpful. And also just a lot of like relationships too. Like I have a lot of manifesting generators and generators around me. So this will be helpful, not only in the partnership, but just in general relationships, just like you and your coworkers. Yeah. And if they feel like a lot, it's not them, it's you. You can't mm-hmm. handle all that energy. They're not a lot. They're right. supposed to be bigger and sparklier and more energetic than us. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I got to get out of here because you... I never tell them you're too much for me. I, well, I have a very good manifesting generator friend who I've said that before, but she thinks it's funny. Um, and it's just different. It's different energy. Different. They're not too much. They're not, uh, right. they're just different. And yeah. sometimes they're really freaking fun. Mas- manifesting generators oh, are yeah. super fun. So fun. Yeah. And we need some fun because sometimes we can be a little serious yeah serious up in here mental yeah, <laughs> as, as a mental projector it's hard because i am all up in here but this isn't where we make decisions in human design right. the mind is not Bring where you make decisions. into the body yeah for all of whatever your authority or type or profile or anything nothing gets done up here mm-hmm. except for processing of information mm-hmm. this decides your fates <laughs> basically and that has been extra hard for me. And a lot of projectors have a hard time with that too, because we're pretty intellectual in general. So yeah, this was amazing. Um, thank you, thank you so much for talking to me about this. And uh, how do we find you? If we wanted to find you on yeah. social media, what do we do? <laughs> Instagram is probably the easiest. My handle's at Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A dot C-U-J-E. And... You can find everything on Instagram or you can visit reikiwithrebecca.org, my website. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, Instagram's where it's at, you guys. And I didn't even mention this, but you all, all three of you, Rebecca, spell it differently. No there's way. A, there's a two C's, there's a one C's, and there's a K. So oh, it's, it, it helps me to keep y'all, I know, I'm like, oh, it's Rebecca <laughs> with a K, Rebecca with one C, Rebecca with two C's. 
So I keep you guys. I love the originality. And I swear, if I hear the name Rebecca again, or if I meet a Rebecca, I'm be like, hey, come over here. You, I know you you're here for some reason. <laughs> you need to be close to me somehow. I just you, you magnetize know, the Rebecca. Need of Rebecca. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you again for coming on. This is awesome. Uh, if anyone ever has any questions, contact me uh, on my website or also Instagram, Janelle Turner HD, because that's one of my favorite places to be. Thank you all for listening and I will catch y'all on the flip side. Bye, Bye. Thank you for listening to Chatting Human Design. Join me again soon. Have a fantastic day.